So welcome back. This is the Marvin Chronicles. Yes, I did choose the Marvin Chronicles versus just Marvin Chronicles. But anyways, today's episode is how did I get to travel long term? So I thought the first episode after the preview, if you haven't heard the preview, there's some nice tidbits in there. I thought I would talk about who I am and maybe give you a little bit of, uh, you know, why I talk, why I'm talking, why I have the right to talk or, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, let's start with um, basically after university, and I'll try to be concise with this. After university, I had lived in LA for a little bit, but then moved to Las Vegas and decided I was going to go into the world of real estate because I had done a lot of retail sales uh, growing up and I felt that I was good at sales. And if I was good at sales, I wanted to sell something that made um, could make me a lot of money because I was in my mid-20s and I felt um, at that point very competitive. Um, some friends of mine who had graduated with uh, went on to get MBAs and were working at Yahoo and all these other fancy companies, and I felt I needed to kind of break out and show that I uh, needed to do that as well. So I did real estate, and I initially was just a general real estate agent. That was for about a year, year and a half. And then I got into new home sales, which uh, for the most part, I really, really enjoyed uh, initially. Um, for, and I enjoyed it for the majority of the time I did it. I did it over... Um, over 10 years. And so what I liked about it is that it just had more of a structure in terms of I was able to come into work and leave. And in the beginning, in the mid 2000s, um, I, I would say in, in my memory, uh, people didn't call you on your cell phones that much or text you. It was, these are our hours and come when we're open, just like any kind of retail shop, you come in and we're done. And and just to give you a, a little background, if you don't know, uh, New Home Sales is basically, I, I sat at a model park. Let's say there's three to six different uh, finished, fully furnished homes with, you know, that look beautiful. And I would negotiate the price. Obviously, the price was the base price, which looked nothing like the model. Let's make that clear. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of massaging went on in that job in terms of um, talking about their budget versus what they're seeing, and I learned a lot. I would say uh, if if you want to learn about yourself or just uh, the human condition, going into commission sales is definitely going to be one of those opportunities because you can see how money affects people and. And also at, towards the end, and I'll talk about this a little bit more as we continue on how I got to travel, is just habits. So I just started kind of observing people's habits, and that kind of determined um, their both their willingness and their ability. Because you know, people desire and want a lot of things, and their habits usually speak volumes on their ability or capability of actually accomplishing those things. So I was in corporate sales and um, in my 20s. And, you know, I would say travel was in the back of my mind. I had traveled, I'd backpacked Europe when I was uh, in uh, right after university or college. A lot of people, when you travel, call it university. So I kind of gravitate to using it that term, but college for whatever. 
And, you know, like many 20-somethings after university, I think you have a lot, you feel like you have a lot to prove. And you don't have a lot of experience, though I did intern at a cereal company called Kashi, if you've ever heard of it. And I interned that in San Diego. And I learned some things there. I learned things from the... Um, from the salespeople. I was a sales intern. I was actually their first sales intern. So if you're listening to this and you eat Kashi, um, or I hope I hope you're doing well, we <laughs> think about Kashi. It's actually for older people, adults. It has a lot of fiber in it. So it makes you um, it makes you poop a lot. And that's, uh, that was always kind of the running joke. And they had like Kashi bars. And if you ate one, then we knew... We knew what your next uh, next trip was going to be. It was just that quick. But I digress. So anyways, uh, I, I traveling is kind of far from my mind. And other than like your typical touristy going to Hawaii, trips to San Diego, trips to Cabo San Lucas. And um, at that time, my self-worth was wrapped up in my career. Um both in you know your 20s, you're pretty vain, so how I looked was important, how much money I had was important, and what things I had were important. Because those are the things you have to impress other people. And you, um, you spend a lot of time impressing people, I think, in your, in your 20s, or in, in general, you know, the, the idea of keeping up with the Joneses and stuff like that. So I was basically in that, I guess we refer to as the rat race, or however we want to call it. I was... I was ingrained and I was I was fine with it. I I enjoyed. It. I had a lot of fun. Let's just say that. I I met a very close and best friend. His name is Andy. Uh we were um coworkers at the Model Park and this was in if you're familiar with Las Vegas, this is in Mountain's Edge. Uh, the community is called Crescent Valley and at the time Vegas was at a boom and land was very expensive, so I was one of the first people uh, to sell three-story homes, yes, three-story homes. So the garage and like a den was on the first floor. The kitchen was uh, either on the second or third, um, sprinkled with bedrooms. Now, as a 20-something, that was, um, it was amazing. It's also really good, interesting architecture. People would walk in, and the fun part would people walk in and say, I'd never live in a three-story home. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm curious. I'm like, okay, go ahead, go take a look. I, and, you know, and then you, you know, do the sales thing and ignore them, just like you would ignore somebody you're interested in. <laughs> so, so they have to work back. But anyways, there's definitely different sales techniques. I'll go over that in another episode. So I was doing that, and then I would say, you know, the market crashed. Um, 9/11. Uh, no, actually, that was past 9/11. So this was uh, like 2008. The market crashed. Um, you know, I was in denial. I'd purchased a home. In 2006, at the height of the market, was like, oh, this is just a blip. And as we all know who survived it, it was not just a blip. So uh, that, was a, that was definitely a dark period of my life. A, a def- and, I, and I'll talk about that in a different episode in terms of the struggles and the depression and the things that happen when you're making a good click. You know, I, I was always hitting close to six figures, never hitting it. Um, but I lived at or above my means, you know, I was, whatever the newest gadget, the, at that time, the Apple iPod was really popular. Um, the people still bought DVDs and I had a really large extensive collection of movies I never watched again, but obviously purchased because they had some kind of uh, value to me at some, at that point in my life. 
And so, you know, I'm going through life and I just have a lot of obligations, you know, I, and that, that definitely will, will hurt you if you're, if you're sitting, listening to this, wherever you're in the gym or at home and, and stuff, um, it's crushing if you have a lot of debt. And I was one of those people. And the average household, I don't know, it's eight, and it depends, like an individual or 8,000 or 16,000. We hold a lot of debt in the US. It's probably the one biggest uh, thing that keeps people in their jobs, depressed, um, a lot of things. And at that time, you know, I was always making good click in terms of money. So I could always cover the interest or make the minimum payment. And I don't know, for some reason, I thought that was okay, which is not okay. If you have debt, uh, or at least credit card debt, it's it's your best interest to to pay it off every month if you can, or the or as much as you can, because uh, you're paying interest, so you're paying somebody to borrow their money, so you're 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 making less money on the long term. You're not making your money's not working for you; it's working for someone else. So um, let's skip forward. So uh, there's that dark period. I went into foreclosure sales in terms of selling foreclosed homes, short, doing short sales for people. A very, very stressful time in my life. Had very, very little money. I uh, had a lot of creditors calling me uh, day in, day out. It, and they're vicious. They call you. They call your parents. They call your aunts. They call anybody that they know. They call your friends, like your friends in San Diego or California, whatever. Anything that your name is attached to and they see another name, they're going to call them. They don't tell you, they don't tell them what they're calling you for. They just say, oh, I need to speak to Marvin about blah, blah, blah. I'm a, you know, and it's, it's, it's there for to embarrass you. But anyways, moving on, I get through that point in my life and, um, I, I work back up. I'm working for a new home builder. I finally, you know, you, you, you think about the, the mistakes you make about not saving and you're like, if I had a chance to do it again, I'd do it differently. And I had that chance. You know, I, I fought really hard, very, very hard, and was very, very humble and got to work again for the same company I had first worked for in new home sales. And luckily, my I, I'm always one, don't burn, don't burn bridges. I'd left that company on a good note. I'd left that company when the president of that company said, hey, it's slowing down. If you have something else going on, um, I... I will understand if you need to go because things are changing around here and it's not going to be for the good. And this was like December of 2008. I quit, you know, a few weeks later. And so I came back and this is probably 2013, 2014. Um, I was, I was already working at a different, uh, I was working at uh, uh, like uh, high rise sales on the strips, something fancy and stuff, but just, uh, soul sucking, if anything. And, uh, I knew the, the writing on the wall was, was going and, you know, I was selling, but I wasn't, you could quote, quote unquote, play the game. I was just, wasn't playing the game. And so, um, they let me go, but I already had an interview scheduled. <laughs> so I kind of like, it was good, good and bad timing. You know, I just, you know, you wanted to break up with them first. That was kind of the feeling I had. But so I get back to new home sales and there's a point uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there was a sales contest because there's always a sales contest in any kind of sales, corporate sales um, platform. And 
the tr- it was to win the whole team would win a twenty five hundred dollar voucher for travel, and I was like, wow, that's that's really good. And and I think part of me was like, I wish it was money, but then I was like, oh, this is an excuse to travel. I mean, you're giving us a travel voucher, so you have to give us time off. And and getting time off at any corporation is just it's just so tough, you know. They they present this, oh, you know, take time off when you need, you know, you need to relax, but it's, you know, if it's the end of the month or the end of the quarter or end of the fiscal year or if it's Christmas or if it's Easter. And I was sales, so I worked every weekend. And so, you know, and also on top of that, if you took time off, your commission. So you are covering the cost of the trip and covering the cost of the the opportunity cost because you didn't get to sell. So someone is selling a home and you're not making a commission off that. You know, you're you're gone and somebody is taking, you know, if it's a client you've been working with, obviously you make some kind of uh, negotiation, but somebody comes in, you leave that Friday, somebody walks in, buys three houses that Saturday, which never happens, but three sales a week isn't impossible. They get them, you know, you're out. So you're, you're just like, it's like cringeworthy because you have to let that go. And it's very difficult to take time off. But anyways, we win the contest. We win the contest. That's my point. <laughs> Sorry to get so slow. Win the contest. And I'm like, like, I don't take any drugs, but I'm like getting, getting to go to Thailand, making the decision was hard, first of all. Getting the date set was even harder and making the mental commitment was just so, so hard because then I'm like, I'm going to be gone for 10 days. And, and then it was like everything was a moving bullet because I wanted to do a group tour. This group tour was called Kentucky. It's for 18 to 35-year-olds. There's, there's several different ones that I think are actually better, but this one really works for Westerners. They, they know how to deal with Westerners. And so... The dates I wanted were like getting booked. And then finally when I talked, I had to talk to a travel agent, which is such a strange thing. You can't, you can't use a travel voucher uh, independently. You have to go through the travel agency and tell them this is what I want to use it for. And they cover all the costs. And the travel agent was just slow as molasses. And she couldn't find the flights that I found for the cost that I wanted. So I just sent her the link and... And then um, I was on standby for this for this tour, and I had kind of there's there's multiple dates, so I kept changing the date. And in our portal to ask time off, I had emailed my boss and and stuff. These are the real dates. Excuse the other dates, but there was it was getting too much, and she deleted all. She denied all of them. And first of all, I was like, oh my god, am I not being able to go? She was like, just Marvin, just send me the dates again. I deleted all of that. I was just getting too confused. So I was like, okay, great. And then I just made the commitment and said, if, I, if I'm if i on standby and I don't get this this tour, fine, so be it. I will just, I will just go to Thailand <laughs> and figure it out. That was just, that, that's my commitment level at that point. I was like, I'm going to Thailand. Uh, safe to say, I had a really good trip. I had a really good trip. Uh, there's one moment in the beginning. There's many, many great moments. I made a really close friend. Her name is Kathy. And we, we had a great time in Bangkok, but the trip started in Phuket. The actual tour it started. I remember being in the pool with uh, Tim, my roommate, and uh, another American girl, Aubrey, and Rachel. 
and we were just messing around the pool and I was just so happy and I my face I was laughing and my face hurt and I was like oh this is how life should be you know and I'm I'm in my uh, early 30s at this point um, having haven't had traveled for a while the long haul flight from L from Vegas to LA to LA to Tokyo to Tokyo to Bangkok almost killed me I just the whole being in the air for 12 hours and all the issues you have stress you put on yourself I couldn't sleep at all and things like that I'm you know that was like a rookie thing now I can sleep through all these long haul you know these flights are they're like easy easy peasy for me now so anyways I um I really enjoyed that trip and I I loved my time in Thailand I just absolutely loved it and I I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I I was the first one to have to leave. And I remember recording this little video and just being so upset. And I couldn't believe I just didn't burn all my days off and just stay in Thailand. And a lot of things. It was just a lot of things. And I and I that trip to me meant a lot. It probably meant a lot more than the people than it, it did to the other people because I I think a lot of them had traveled a lot. Um, the other things I took away, and it just lets you the trip was like Phuket, Kopipi, and Krabi. Kopipi is where they filmed uh, the, the movie The Beach. And a lot of the people that were there were South Africans on my tour. There's about 31 people, majority girls. And um, I learned that uh, there's a language called Afrikaans during that trip. And um, it was a variant of Dutch because uh, the Dutch had, um, I don't know, you know, colonized South Africa. So. I get back to America, super depressed from the trip, and I'm thinking, like, I need to go on another trip. That's all I'm thinking. And I'm thinking of all the, I'm playing all the songs they played. They're all American songs, but I'm playing them in my car and repeat just to still be. And the one song was uh, to, to Love. To Love, it was uh, Play Pretend. And it was just, they had like this remix, and I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. And then, at some point, my job was at this company was starting to, again, hit hit a wall. And um, I think I got a, like a job. I got a job off. I got like a recommendation. I've been in the industry long enough to like people started recommending me. And I'm, I think I'm a good interviewer. I'm, I'm, I'm a good salesperson, too. I, I don't want to downplay that. I was good at, at new home sales. But I had a way of thinking how how new home sales should be. But anyways... Um, I get the offer and then I'm like, oh, I have like a week, another like two weeks off between the uh, quitting. And then I was like, where should I go? So this is, this is literally only like four or five months after Thailand. I go to Egypt. <laughs> I do another Kentucky trip and I get a little discount because it's my second trip. Go to Kentucky. Another, and it, like my, my dad is, he was in the military. He's like, you're not going to Egypt. <laughs> you got to tell mom. And I'm like, I don't tell mom. I'll just, I'll be fine. Anyways, he is really not happy because of being in the Gulf War in the early '90s, and just that's just not a good region, Marvin. You know the 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 um, um, the, the the riot and stuff. A lot of the things that happened just a couple years before they had actually stopped the continued trip because of the because of safety issues. It was called the I think the Arab Spring had happened. And so there was a lot of a lot of issues going on in that part of the world, but I was like, you know, I could, you know, I could go to the worst part of Vegas and get shot. I mean, people die every day. We might as well 
live your life. And at least if you die, you're doing something you enjoy. Because we're going to die anyway, right? So you can, you know, I mean, I'm not saying go run into traffic. I'm just saying don't, you know, take some, take some, uh, you know, educated risk in your life. So um, safe to say I went to Egypt. Um, and I can tell you that there's every, there's always a point in your travels where you're like, why the hell am I here? What, why did I think this was going to be a good idea? And I remember that, that moment happened because I was taking a 13 hour train from, um, from Cairo to, I believe Aswan. And I was just, I couldn't sleep and it was rattling and I, the train was stopping and going and I felt like I was like, I'm going to die on this train. But clearly I didn't die. Really, again, I love Egypt. I think everybody should go to Egypt. I, I mean, and I would say this, if you go to Egypt, please do a tour because I think it's just more efficient with your time. Uh, a lot of the tours are always on the Nile, which is great because they built a lot of the temples on the Nile. So you just kind of go to Aswan and just go up the Nile and you're basically going to a different temple every day. But Egypt, Egypt is so much more than just the pyramids. There's the the Valley of the Kings, you get to see King Tut, you, everything you see in books, you know, the National Museum in Cairo, it's just the the mummified people, the mummified crocodiles. Um, Abu Simbel, if you don't know Abu Simbel, look it up. My favorite stop of, of all of Egypt was Abu Simbel. Just, just an amazing stru- structure. And people built this thousands of years ago. Amazing. So anyways, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm getting to a point here. I'm just doing, you know, I'm doing these trips on holidays. Um, I start the new company. It's bad in the beginning. It's really bad. It's probably the worst, ex- one of the more, more bad experiences I've had at working in a new home company. I'm like, what? I'll just go on another trip. <laughs> so I go to Nicaragua with Kathy, who I met in Thailand the year before. Had a decent trip in Nicaragua. Had a little bit of Montezuma's revenge towards the end, but still... I went on the trip, had a good time, came back, came back and stuff. And then uh, a few months later, I quit that job, get another job. But in between, again, I have some time off. Go to Bali. I didn't even know where Bali was, to be honest. And if you don't know, it's in Indonesia. It's an island of Indonesia. My only knowledge of Bali was um, uh, Brooke Burke, uh, the model uh, the e-model, beautiful girl, Brooke Burke. She did like a Playboy photo shoot here in Bali. And there was a nightclub, blo- blah, there was a nightclub bombing in 2001, which really affected tourism. And um, an ex-girlfriend, when I was in Egypt, went to Bali. So, and she had a really great time and she raved about it quite a bit. And I was like, oh, this Bali thing sounds like a, like a deal. Let's go to this, let's check this place out, whatever. I join uh, Wonderlands and I am so tired and stressed out at my job. So I, I come to Bali and I'm just, you know, I carry all this stress with me and I'm trying to enjoy it and it takes a minute. Um, but Bali was great, you know, and, 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 and my experience then was I, I landed, I was actually a little bit late. We, we're in Kuta for a few days. We go to this really trashy club called Sky Garden, which I recommend anyway, but it's, you know, it's like a big club in Kuta. I don't recommend staying in Kuta. If you ever come to Bali, try to avoid staying in Kuta. 
it's like a mess and people are always trying to sell you stuff. Go to Seminyak or go to Chengdu where I'm at or Ubud. So we go to Ubud, great experience. This this trip is like 12 people, two guys, 10 girls, um, which is common for, uh, that's like the ratio almost for like Bali itself. There's always more girls because that book, Eat, Pray, Love, was based out of Bali. She found love in Bali in Ubud. Um, there's a movie with Julia Roberts in it and stuff. And then we go to Gelly Tea, which is kind of like a party island. So I had a really good time. I wasn't here to like, I wasn't here to, at, at that time. I was so just out of it that I just had a really good time. And, you know, I always had a little bit of like moments with the people on my trips, but I just came to Bali just to, to, to unwind. And then I started a new company and I loved that company. That was like my favorite company. That company was originally called Ryland Homes, uh, National Builder. They changed to Cal Atlantic Homes, and then they were bought out recently by Lennar Homes. And um, I really had a great time there. And I, the, the pay structure was on point. Um, it was a little bit of the wild, wild, wild west in terms of incentives and just protocol, but I think I thrived in those uh, the, the, in that kind of situation because I, I had a clear way of presenting it, and I, I was the only person selling in my community, so I, I controlled basically the, the the purse strings, you might say. But anyways, um, I'm there, and then I go to the Philippines, so that was my next big trip, and everybody's really supportive there. And that's where I really like. They were like, "Go on this trip, Marvin." Because you work really hard and we're, you know, and, and part of it too was like, you go on this trip, get broke, and then come back and you have to work harder. Which, I don't know. It's not the best advice, but I'll take whatever. So I go to the Philippines and I'm half Filipino. This is my first time going to the Philippines. I meet my aunt, my uncle, some cousins for the first time as an adult. My aunt has pictures of me, you know, babysitting me as a kid and stuff. We have a nice day in Manila and, and I kind of go on to the trip and the trip is great. It's a good trip. Um, there's this beautiful, beautiful um, girl from um, the Netherlands. Her name is Zoe. And I, I spend the majority of the time, you know, trying to get in her good graces. <laughs> and I would say that um, the majority of that time, I was getting nowhere. But I felt so strongly about her at some point that I felt the risk was worth, worth, worth it. You know, and for me, you know, I set my my expectations pretty low. So I said, maybe I'll get like a kiss or something. Maybe it'll just be a friendly kiss. <laughs> but, you know, you don't want to be like, but I had to balance it because I didn't want to be, you know, this is a two week trip. You don't want to be the guy that's just hovering because then you're just making it weird. You're just making it weird. So, you know, I made subtle over subtle subtle things happened i did, and then towards the end you know that i put some some kind of like put some pressure on there but anyways the philippines was really fun the only thing about the philippines is it takes forever to get anywhere but i had a great time and i met somebody another guy there and he gave me the idea he said oh i'm on a career break from the military he was in the royal marines and i was like oh what's that and he's like oh i can leave for three years and then come back if i want to and i was like career break I've never heard of that. I want a career break. Can I get a career break? And so 
you know, after the trip is over, uh, the Dutch girl, the girl from the Netherlands, she stays and I go back home and I'm, I spend the manure in my energy trying to get her to come visit me in Vegas. She's just traveling for a while. But also on the second hand, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to make this work. Like, how could I, how could I take a, like, can I take three months off or six months off for one? How does that look? And that's where we get to, how do I get here? So basically, I don't want to, oh shit. I just broke something, sorry. So anyways, um, this desk is a little wobbly. So anyways, I um, I come back home and I sit there and I'm thinking like, how do I do this? But before we get to there, I want to talk about uh, one of the other reasons and and I'm talking about, I'm building this up into, you know, eventually habits. But one of the key drivers, too, was that friend I had, my best friend, or one of my best friends, Andy, that I met when I first started New Home Sales. So he passed away. He, um, at 33 years old, he passed away. He, um, he was very, he was light years more successful than I probably will ever be. And, um, he was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, I had a moment, I was like, you know, where we, I mean, obviously his life was much, much, much more affected. And I was just, it was a, it was like, it'd been like 15 months. He was diagnosed 15 months and then I was in Bali and I came back and, you know, he started looking much different. He was going through chemo, he was going through surgeries we had a nice dinner and it was our, it was our last dinner together. And did I know? I don't know. Like he made some comments about it just not being something that was going to be able to be treated. You know, they could, they could, they could prolong his life, but they couldn't, they probably could not fix it. And he had all the money in the world. So sometimes if you don't have your health, you don't really have many much things because you need your health to continue moving. So, you know, that was a big driver in my life. He passed away and I, that, that, that takes away some of the things that bind us to, to life. Cause then you're like, wait a minute, it could be over tomorrow. And denial is something our body has created so we don't remind ourselves that we're going to die. Cause if we thought we we're going to die all the time, we'd be like paralyzed, but we don't, we, we kind of put it in the back of our mind, especially in your twenties. And you don't think you're going to die at all. Like <laughs> you'll live forever in your twenties. But that was a, just a wake up call, you know? And I, I, I really, I really had to think about what was important to me and travel was always a thing. Like I was really in love with it. And so uh, we, um, so, you know, after the funeral and stuff and I'm traveling, I, I come back from the Philippines and I'm like, what do I do? And initially it was, um, I need to unwind all my obligations, you know, any kind of bills and debt I have, car payments, credit card debt, that has to all go. And then I had to see what it would cost to live abroad. And it doesn't cost that much. I mean, on the low end, if you're living in Southeast Asia, you could get away with a thousand a month. I don't re recommend it, um, but if you want to bootstrap it, yeah, a thousand a month is realistic. Um, some breathing space is fifteen hundred. 
and I would say pretty luxury is 2000. You know, I don't, you could, you obviously could spend up to whatever you want, but if you just want to look comfortable, I think between 1500 and 2000 is pretty good. And 1500 is fine. And so I initially came across Alex Stevens and Ninja Teacher, and he's from South Africa, and he's built this uh, business in Ho Chi Minh City. Teach, uh, you take the teaching English as a foreign language course through his company, and they place you, and you make relatively about $20 an hour uh, teaching uh, kids at either language centers or schools. And so you could you could have part-time make around $2,000, and that would... And a lot of people are successful. They, they live on a thousand and they save a thousand. So when they get home, they walk away with, you know, 10,000, 12,000. And if you work full time, then you're, you're in it, you know, you're making three, 4,000 a month and you're only spending a thousand. So it's a really good way. And if it's something you're thinking about, um, I, I highly recommend it. Now I never took his course or I haven't yet. I'm not opposed to it. I don't know if teaching English is kind of my calling, but if you are in your, you know, if you're, if you're ready and you want to spend some time in Southeast Asia, I think uh, Ho Chi Minh City is a great location, but you can teach English anywhere in, in Southeast Asia. His school is a little bit pricey. I think it's like $1,700, $1,800 for the whole session, but it includes housing. It's like a month. But I wouldn't look past it. You can definitely get one online for much, much cheaper. Um, but what he offers is something of of true value. And it's not just the course, it's the community. So he's created a, a nice community. I would definitely check him out on YouTube. That's it's that Ninja teacher or Alex Stevens, you'll find it. And, um, that was my first initial, like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And over time, the market really picked up in Vegas and I was just selling. I was just, I was selling and I was, and I looked and said, you know, I need to save 50% of my income. That was the, that was the starter. I, I opened up a stash account for uh, investing in ETFs. And I opened a, I'd opened a um, ING Orange account, which is now Capital 360. And I would just literally hide money for myself. And my checking account always looked like I was broke. If you, if you looked at my checking account, you, you were thinking like Marvin is just, you know, he is burning through his cash. But it wasn't true. I just had to hide it for myself. And that's where self-awareness comes in. How do you how do you save and how do you build habits? You just you know yourself. You know that, hey, if there's money in my checking account, then I think that I am rich and I'm gonna I'm gonna spend money on clothes or food or entertainment or alcohol. But if you look broke all the time or if you think you feel broke, then um then uh then you you'll act that way. And I've been broke. I've probably been broke more of my life than had money. I want to make that clear. I've probably been broke more often living a paycheck. So I, I know those feelings, the stresses that are involved. And so um, so I started saving and saving. I hit milestones. I had first I had six months of savings, and I was like, wow. Once you get six months of savings in your account, it's almost like you get you feel like you're out of jail. It is, it is, it's, it's the most empowering thing you can do to yourself, for yourself. You guys have six months of reserves. I mean, if, if the job ended, you could live how you live comfortably for six months. Once that happens, it's like a mental, a mental uh, 
like mentally you're 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 free. You're like, oh, I I can I can do anything. You feel like a superhero. And then then it was a year of savings. And it was and then it just kept escalating. And then at some point I was like, wow, um, if I just stay a little bit longer, I can do this and this and this. And then, you know, 18 months, two years goes by. And you're kind of like, you know, get it together, buddy. If, if you're going to do this, you know, time is not on your side. And this point, um, the beautiful uh, girl from Holland um, has, has, uh, has uh, reciprocated. And, you know, we start seeing each other. And, you know, those are the most expensive dates flying back and forth from the Netherlands. Um, she lived with me for a few months, um, in, in Las Vegas. And I would definitely say that's definitely one of the highlights, um, of our relationship. And, and one of the few times in my life, somebody was living with me and, um, I really enjoyed that. I would say that was even in my, I was very happy. I was very, very happy. And I like to think she was too. So, um, so finally, you know, I, I go, you know, I'm going to leave sometime in between February and April. And she's back in Holland kind of like working and kind of working, waiting for me to, to come out. And finally, I do it, you know. And, and I think quitting your job to travel is definitely a big mental hurdle because um, the steps and the skills you need to build are you need to build good spending habits and saving habits you have to become to some level a minimalist. You have to let go of a lot of things you have materially. And you have to say to know a lot of things. You know, I, I liked playing blackjack and at some point I was like, well, I'm playing I'm playing so much money. I'm playing like like the amount of money it costs for a month's rent in Bali. Like that's just that's just not acceptable anymore. You know, I, I don't want I, I, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to sit here and go like, oh I could have stayed here longer if I hadn't played blackjack. So you have to start building those skills and mentally prepared because, you know, um, you just have to unwind your life. And that's just hard because you, you, we accumulate all this stuff. So my suggestion is if this is something you're interested in, you're going to have to go in your closet and you're going to have to commit to get rid of one box a week of your stuff to start. Just start getting rid of that stuff. If there's a shirt you haven't worn or a dress you haven't worn, if you're a woman, in the last six months, get rid of it. Give it away. Just give it all away. Because the less stuff you have, the less stuff you're worried about having or worrying about losing or whatever it is. Because you can always get it back. You can always buy that. There's, there's you know, the U.S., especially the U.S., is built to sell you things, to make you happy, and then make you unhappy because um, material things only go a long way. It's the experiences that that stay stay longer with you. So, and then you know, physicality, backpacking, um, studying. I I was obsessed, and I think that's not a bad word. I I spent probably two hours a day, or maybe even three, watching travel YouTube videos or listening to travel podcast. I was listening to the Travel Beans, Dane and Stacy, Where's Poppy, Travel Light, Living Living That Life, um, Chris the Freelancer, um, 
I just loads. I was listening to Travel Like a Boss, The Budget Minded Traveler, Zero to Travel, everything. And I remember like working out on during the podcast, listening to Travel Like a Boss. It's with uh, Johnny FD, and um, I'm working out, and he's interviewing people on the podcast about about basically um, uh, like what their mindset was a year before they left. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm like a year before, you know, I'm like training, like traveling is going to be my life. Like I'm just, I'm just surrounding myself with so much travel that I don't forget because um, if you really want something, you're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to make sure it's in front of you. If it's some people just paste it on their mirror in the morning, like a picture of where they want to be. For me, it was on my phone. It was my lock screen. I saw, I had a picture of Nusa Penida, um, Kinkling Beach, which is like this dinosaur looking head. And that was on my phone. And so was um, the, the someplace in Vietnam, Halong Bay. You know, these are the places I want to go to. And this is, you know, and you do the mindset thing. You have to visualize how that's going to look, how you're going to feel what it's going to be like walk yourself through and try to avoid buying too much stuff i mean we all kind of fall in that trap we need all these things but remember south if you're traveling basically anywhere in the world including southeast asia you're not going to mars so like you're not traveling to the moon like they do have clean water they do have western food there is probably going to be mcdonald's in many places you visit i'm not saying you have to eat at them I mean, I eat them. I'm just saying you don't have to eat at them. But don't treat it like you need to bring your house with you. You know, a 50-liter backpack is great. I carry a little bit more because I have a lot of gear. I have like this, I'm using something to record this with, which is a little bit overkill. It's an H4N Zoom with like these huge microphones that I've been lugging around Southeast Asia. But, you know, uh, just you know, be a minimalist is the best you can, you know, and I only have like five shirts and like three pairs of shorts. So I'm constantly doing laundry, but anything you need, you can find. If there's anything, probably medication, it sucks being sick out in Asia and having to explain your symptoms to people that sometimes uh, don't understand English or don't understand exactly what's happening. So, but that's, that's just for me, like, Bring your Sudafed with you. Bring some ibuprofen just so you don't have to actually leave. You, If you're feeling unwell, you can stay and, and take over. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, how I'm here. I've been traveling since April of 2018 at the time of this recording. And um, I'm looking at my notes right now to see if there's anything I want to touch upon before I wrap this up. So uh, I do believe you're kind of... Uh, the culmination or the sum of the five people you keep around. So keep that in mind. And I try to avoid really negative people because there was definitely people around me that, you, you know, thought I was bullshit. Either thought it was bullshit that I was going to, um, and sorry for cussing there, thought I was going to not do it. Like I was going to balk at the last minute. I think that having the girlfriend at the time, you know, helped me because it wasn't going to be alone, so it was less scary. But um, there's a lot of people that do it solo, so don't think... Like, I want to make it clear. I didn't do this because I had a girlfriend. I did this, and my girlfriend decided to do it with me at the time. My ex-girlfriend now. But 
this decision to do this trip happened independent of her. I was just fortunate enough that she was willing to come as long as she was. So I want to make that clear. And, um, and you do have to be intentional. That's, I, I, if there's anything like, you know, I'm a big fan of Gary V and crushing it and, um, all his books, but be self-aware, you know? And when I say that is because people, uh, friends and acquaintances, you know, they're always telling me, oh, I'd come and do that. Um, I want to come, like, how do I do it? But, you know, I don't say I'm judging them, but I'm sizing up that idea. Just like in sales, like you can't just go buy a house. You can't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to buy a house for most of us. Like you do have to be intentional and say, I'd like to buy a house. How do I do that? And then build up to it. Because if you have no savings, it's going to be pretty hard. Or if you, if you don't have the money, it's pretty hard. And for me, when, when people say, I want to go to Bali or Thailand or stuff like that, I am always pretty reserved. Like, I want them to do it. I sell the idea of travel to everyone. This podcast is selling you the idea of travel or the, or the consideration of it. But if you've never traveled, I'm not going to give you, uh, I'm not going to give all my energy to explain it to you until I see you meet me halfway. And what I mean is like, go take a trip. <laughs> like a small trip, go get your passport, do those things that form the habits to what you like. Because when you're traveling and when you're traveling long-term and I want to consider, I consider myself a tourist. And the reason why is, um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't hang out with a bunch of locals. I don't speak their language. So I'm for the most part a tourist, but don't, um, you can't go from zero to a hundred because, um, it, I don't recommend it, you know, and I do recommend highly just like I did is t go on travel tour radar or reach out to me and ask me what tours I recommend. Cause I do recommend if you're going to come to Asia or other countries is that you take a small little group trip because what it does for you is it answers a lot of questions right away. And what I mean by that is you don't have to worry about where you're staying. You don't have to worry about how you're getting there. And you don't have to worry about connecting with others because you're going to be connecting with like, like-minded people and everything's taken care of you for you. And it's not much more expensive than you doing it on your own. The time, the money you're spending saves you probably so much time because then, you know, they'll show you where to get money and, um, you'll, you'll get, you, you'll have the space to take in the moment versus worrying about the next hostel hotel you're staying at or how you're going to connect with people. If you're traveling solo, it answers a lot of questions. So I do re just really highly recommend it. And, um, or, you know, if, if organizing and studying is your thing, that's great. I can tell you like anything, you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, the other thing too is probably join, like look up Facebook. There's a ton of Facebook groups for every country. Just type in, you know, backpacking Thailand or backpacking Bali or Asia solo. A lot of great resources in those, but I, but that's what I recommend. But you, you have to be intentional and, and you have to sacrifice and you have to do all those things to, to get 
to where you want to be anywhere in life. And that's just what I decided to, to travel. Um, I would say the, 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 oh crap, oh shit moment for me was when I had to sell my car back to CarMax or to CarMax and realizing at that moment, you know, like, oh, I need a ride. <laughs> so I had to call my dad and be like, hey, can you come to CarMax and pick me up? Because I did not think this through. And to be honest, I mean, it was a short, I had a short window. I quit on a Friday and flew out on a Wednesday. Like, and I, and it was like leading a double life, double life for like six months or three months or whatever, because I couldn't tell people I was leaving exactly because I didn't want it to get back to my work. My company had been bought out and I, you know, when they sniff, if you're, I don't know about you, but if your company sniffs that you're leaving, they, you know, they're not going to make it easy for you typically, especially in corporate sales. Like, I guess I'm going to give two weeks, but when your main income is commission and stuff, like, you know, you quit, they're just like done with you, you know, like on to the next, you don't want to work here. There's always somebody that's willing to come in and take your position and take your sales or your whatever, you know? So, so keep that in mind. So anyways, um, that's how I got here. Um, I think the next episode I'll talk about how, tr how travel, how I look at travel. Cause I look at, look at travel a lot differently than I did, uh, before I got here and, and I don't want to give it away, but just a little tease. Um, traveling long-term is a lot different than what you're used to. Um, when it comes to like your experiences, typically, uh, if you're from the Western country or the U S you're used to, um, short term, like a week or two. And, you're thinking you're going to be going a hundred percent all the time. And when you're traveling long-term, that just isn't the case. So there was definitely some, some, some things I learned about myself, how I like to travel, uh, how long I like to travel and the type of traveling that I prefer. And basically, you know, why I continue to travel. So I'll leave you guys with that. But thank you for listening. Um, definitely this was longer than I expected. And uh, sorry for some of those interruptions with the desk and stuff like that. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. If, uh, if you're listening on a place you can subscribe to. If not, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, again, this is Marvin from the Marvin Chronicles. You can find me on Instagram right now. At this time of the recording, I'm Travel and Found. But if you can't find that, I might just be the Marvin Chronicles. If, uh, if I choose to change that in the future. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and continue with, uh, with me on this journey of discovery. And I promise at some point the production level value will increase. Um, I was thinking of having like an intro, uh, maybe having um, someone record that for me. I haven't decided. But again, thank you so much and I'll catch you next time. All right, bye.